Good evening, everybody, and thank you for coming back to this special occasion when we get to ask some questions of the extraordinary creative team who created the amazing performance we've just seen. So this is a great opportunity. Everyone's a little bit quiet. Maybe it's because the show was so somber. But we have a little, um, um, what, what's it called? Ritual at the beginning of uh, these talks here at Arts House. And what we'd like you to do is just to figure out what the correct or what the best question to be, to ask would be. You didn't think it was somber? Well, that, well that's fine. We can talk about that in a minute. Um, what I'd like you to do, just for one minute, just to kind of change the atmosphere slightly, is just ask you to turn to the person next to you, maybe someone you don't know, and have one minute to think about what the best question might be to ask. The best, the very best question. We'll be scoring them. Yes. Okay, one minute starts now. Okay, that's the end of the minute. It was a carefully timed minute. I forgot to say that my name's um, Robert Walton and I'm from the University of Melbourne, the Victorian College of the Arts. And up here with me, we have Paddy, Peter and Tamara. And we've just seen their work and you can ask more about them. Uh, it's my privilege to be able to ask the first question. And I was just giving them a heads up on what it was. Although I saw this show tonight, last night I had the pleasure of seeing Age of Ultron. <laughs> the Avenger, the new Avengers film. And in the first 10 minutes, countless hundreds of people die. And all the way through the film, there's people dying left, right and center, willy-nilly. And I'm sure more people die in these films now than ever used to be shown on screen. So while there's all these films being made about people being shot and things, it seems like there's very few um, shows that are actually addressing this very profound moment that we're all gonna face which is when the spirit or the life leads, leaves our body and our body is left there on the bed or wherever it might be. This very particular moment that you've, it seems to me that you've articulated very clearly and focused on in this work. So my question is, how did you hone in on this idea and what drew you to this subject matter? The, the way the question's framed, it kind of makes it sound like when you make work, you have a really, it's very intentional. And I think, I think actually what happens is you have a kind of a broad territory that you're working in and, and there's these kind of uh, hot, hot spots that you move towards. And so I had lots of interview material, but the, the stuff that kept coming out to me from that material that is the material that's played on the records is started to kind of frame, yes, this moment of the moments, the weeks or days leading up to that moment and then the days or weeks uh, after that moment. And that kind of felt like the skeleton of the work. And I've said this a few times, uh, not tonight, but... Um, I think the thing that started to fascinate me about this material, because I think actually it's probably more about loss than it is about death, actually, um, or about the desire of those who remain behind to um, remain connected, to have some kind of sense of connection to those people who've 
gone through that process? Um, the thing that I got really interested in was how closely uh, around this time of death, the way that this really, you know, whether you're at home with a dying person, whether you're in hospital with a dying person, the, the thing that there's this very visceral, physical, you know, there's either machines or there's breath and there's eyes and there's lungs and there's, it's this really physical, tangible world. And then right, bang up, right against it, there's all of this metaphysical, spiritual, metaphorical, however you wish to frame it, there's all this other, uh, not material, um, experiences that sit right up. And I, I kind of became fascinated by how closely those worlds sit around the time of death. And what's interesting with the work and this extraordinary space that you've made with all these machines that somehow represent or, or carry these people's voices and these amazing lights that you manipulate, it feels like that the, this question of the machines rubbing against this other thing that might be theatre is present in the work as well. Do you, do you know what I mean? Is that something that you were thinking about? Look, I think the machines bring a whole lot of stuff with them. You know, the machines become like our co-players, really. And, and the fact that they are on the verge of death at any moment, <laughs> and I really mean that, um, kind of is absolutely terrifying and but I think resonant. And there's some, you know, they have a kind of a nostalgia for us, you know, for, for maybe younger people, they have a kind of novelty, but for people of my generation and older, I think they have a kind of nostalgia. And the sonic properties of them bring a whole layer of language and interpretation to the work that we wouldn't have on contemporary equipment. So. I've asked my questions now. Can you remember a few minutes ago I asked you to think about a question? If you do have a question, put your hand up. I say the question, I'll repeat it because this, is, this conversation's been recorded for posterity, and then we can ask the panel to answer. So what's your question? Uh, the question is about, maybe it's about how are you creating spaces for us to project our ideas into, versus you trying to push a particular line or particular perspective on something. Um, yeah, thank you for your comment. And actually, uh, it's really lovely to hear that because it's very, for, for me, that is really intentional to, I'm, I'm kind of um, interested in creating a space, a kind of a multi-voiced space. And I'm, in, you know, I feel so grateful to the people who's, who have offered their voices into this space, and it is different people, they've had different experiences. I don't want to take a position on that stuff. I think it's, you know, we all find our own path with it, but I kind of wanted to open out a space for us to enter into imaginatively and our, bring our own memories to, and uh, yeah, I don't want to take a position. People within, the, the voice that you refer to is my father, who was a very, staunch atheist and um, I kind of, I, I spoke to mum actually earlier today and she asked how it went last night and I said, I said, oh, I think uh, Earth was 
he was up there helping us out last night, which is kind of like the greatest irony, you know, the idea that my dad would be up there looking over this, and if he is, he'd be going, oh, shit, you know. I got it so wrong. I got it so wrong. And Yes, I think, yeah, I'm sure you can. He would take you to task, and he'd love to take you out there and speak for another hour with you on it. So, I, you know, I, I don't want to take a position. I kind of think you know, we shape these things or understand these things from different perspectives and through different frames, and, but we're all affected by them. If, you, if you've got a question, just... Oh, sorry, thanks, Peter. Um, and I, and I, I'd just like to add that I think that's something that Tam is uniquely gifted at, is uh, creating a space for people to um, think into. And we made a work together um, a couple of years ago called Pindrop, which was also based on interview material and which explored the experience of fear. And, um, and I think, again, with that, she very carefully and, and in a very nuanced way created a space where people could think about the experience of fear and the moment when fear kind of transfigures our... Uh, reality, and uh, rather than the the thing that's inciting the fear, it's much more interesting. So we had two hands then. Oh, three now. Four. <laughs> well, we'll start with you because your your hand was up first. So the question is: When you're working with material that is so personal, how do you work through that in the process? Uh, I, don't, I don't really know the answer to that. I, I, this is the first work that I've made which has a kind of autobiographical component to it. So, and it, um, I, I am hoping that it's kind of got my story but it isn't just my story. That's what I've tried to do. Um, and, but it is a personal work. When I started making this work, Irv was still alive. So it's kind of that, that narrative thread is really just inserted itself very strongly into it. Um, and when I started, it was a much broader theme around endings, not so much focused on as it has become. Um, I don't know. I think as performers, we negotiate our way through emotional worlds. Uh, you know, actually, <laughs> uh, we had our dog put down last weekend and that's very present with me at the moment and um, actually has really I think made this uh, even kind of more challenging than when we first showed it in Sydney it's something like it, it kind of opens up little doors I think so that door's a little bit open at the moment so you know it's, I feel like I have to navigate it because I don't want to you know I don't, I, I don't want to get messy on stage. I don't think that's kind of helpful for the work or for you or for me. It's kind of like just trying to find the right note. So it's just, it's the gig, I think. I suppose it was, in a way, in my kind of fumbling opening remarks, I was trying to allude to a similar thing, that we're surrounded by images of death, you know, in action films or wherever. But this actual the actual experience that people live of helping people through or to death and then beyond and helping each other survive the death of loved ones is actually something that we see very rarely represented in 
theatre or on TV or anywhere really in, in work. And I want to know why. why. Why not that? And I think your question is about um, were you aware of this common sense of um, this rite of passage, the final rite of passage? You know, they're called the last rites, aren't they, when you receive those things, when you were making this work? Yeah, I, I think you're... Um, it's, kind of, it's, a, it's an interesting question. It's kind of a tricky question in a way. I, yes, is my answer. I think there are these, these threads that connect us and it's experiences that echo each other. And uh, and I think then as a as a theatre maker that they become the things that you are drawn towards because they they resonate from one person. You go, oh, that person said that, and so you start to move towards them. So maybe you this is a process of kind of amplifying that in a way. But yes, is my my answer. And in fact. Um, you know, after the show last night, some people shared some very moving stories with me, as you have just shared with us. And I think that's, again, that thing of that multi-voiced thing. I think what it does, what I hope it does, and what it seems to do is create a space that evokes people's own stories and allows people's own stories to then kind of be shared. And what happened with Pin Drop was this kind of in the foyer, this lovely exchange of stories where I kept on going, man, gee, I wish I, <laughs> wish I had my recording equipment here, you know. It's like after you've made the work, then all this flood of amazing stories come out and these beautiful images. And I think we're drawn to those as, as people and certainly as uh, artists, you know, the, the lights through the window and the, and the cavalcade of horses. I mean, they're... they're you know, they would make their way right, right in because they're beautiful, vivid and resonant images. And we don't hear them yeah. about them, yeah, as you're saying, Robert. Well, they're all through Patty's songs. Those vivid images of not so much of death, but of the moment of contemplating... Pale reflections. <laughs> what? What do you want me to do? You, start talking. You, you're, I thought you were about to wax lyrical. No, I was just going to say that Patty, um, Patty Mann, who's joined, come, come into this collaboration, and I'm so grateful that you have, Patty. And, and Patty has brought his, his songwriting world to the work. And I kind of always wanted, song, I always imagined song in this work. And, um, but Patty does have, uh, uh, has released a number of albums under grand salvo and death is a beautiful constant <laughs> theme throughout them and Patty writes really incredibly beautiful songs around that theme so grand salvo go and have a listen <laughs> but, but the, yeah. the point is they're never maudlin either no this, I think instances in um, art of dealing with death in a in, in that kind of way um, bringing vivid images of uh the shared experience that you mentioned um, are rare, I think, and, and very satisfying. And it is often through music and through songs. You know, I think of Scot lots of Scottish songs where, you know, I'm from, people singing about death for years to come, you know, quietly around the campfire or wherever. Maybe it's the weather or 
Um, but it's through music often that the that connection or or actually the space that you need is opened up because songs hold a kind of time and a kind of space for us to exist in, even more than storytelling does. Do you want to talk about that? Well, the space in music? I think it's, it's not something that people talk about, really, because people are very, very scared of death, probably more losing people, I guess, in their own death, but they, they, they just, people who are scared don't talk about it and people who have experienced don't talk about it because, as you know, it, it wrenches it out up fresh in you whenever it's, you, whenever you try. So I guess song is a, a state that you can be emotional and, you know, it's something to wrap yourself in and kind of work through it, I guess. Thank you. We've got some more questions. We have two more. Maybe these will be the last two. So we'll go there and then we'll have you last, if that's okay. Yes, please. This has been the night of the longest questions ever. <laughs> So good luck to me trying to put that one back together. So we're, we're talking, it was a great question though, and we followed you all the way through, but now I've got this job. Um, there's this moment when you, you went to, it seems like you went to visit a spiritualist or someone who can hear dead people. And interestingly, you went to ask them about your own father. And then in this show, you are occupying you are performing as that other person who is talking as your father to you, but it's you. Is this, what function did it serve in the work? Yeah, yes. look, I, I, um, I wish I had a neat answer to that. I think, um, I, you know, I think the medium, the idea of the medium is like the main, the central metaphor of the work in a way. You know, these are mediums, they're channeling the voices of others, the actor, is a medium. I'm going to a medium who's channeling my father. I start channeling the medium who's channeling the father and he's talking through me and it kind of becomes like this kind of hall of mirrors. So it was kind of a way to feel out, just kind of really go into that metaphor, I suppose. Um, but I also feel like I wanted to push up against some of the... You know, I, I feel like I, want, I wanted to evoke a few things. I wanted to evoke kind of, um, I feel like it kind of goes to hallelujah territory towards the end there, you know, praise the Lord kind of space. And I think that that occupies a space that's relevant to this. I think, you know, in the next bit it kind of goes to, you know, when it goes kind of weird and dark and wah. Um, whether you want to kind of read that as underworld or whether you want to read that as a kind of a more emotional uh, release or anger or the kind of the underbelly of grief or a tornado for the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> um, I, I kind of... It, I, I, it sounds a bit like um, being non-committal. You, you have said some things. No, I, I know, yeah, but I'm thing. kind of saying, I'm, I suppose I'm saying I, I, I hope it might spark associations and that I think that all of that stuff sits around death. 
and 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 I suppose yeah there was something in that uh, around how people can also be quite emotionally manipulated around times of grief too okay one last question please Are you, do you still want to ask it mm. <coughs> fantastic question well I just want to repeat the um, the line about uh, death being birth in reverse it's quite a, a good one and as, this is interesting. Are there, has making this work, or in the process of continually performing it, are you coming up with new uh, perspectives on this field that we're talking about and this major and profound event that happens in all of our lives, and not only in our own lives, but in the people around us? Are you, are you discovering new aspects of that? I, I wish I had a really wonderful kind of insightful answer to give you and I don't feel like I have. I, I've been pretty amazed talking to people about death and I think that that's probably for me in terms of the journey of making this work has been the most profound and most valuable experience and the, the incredible generosity of people who entered into those conversations. And they were long conversations and we've got, you know, frac fragments of them. Yeah, I suppose there's the thoughts around one's own death and also the passing of others, but I, I, I haven't had to face my own mortality in the way that some of the people I spoke to have had to face their own mortality. And I did speak to a very close friend who's both herself and her partner had, had cancer and they've both kind of worked through it, but they had young kids, they had cancer, and she was really into talking about death. She had so many books about death on her bookshelf. It was kind of amazing. And she had really gone there. And she really wanted to, she, she hated all of the, the stuff around the battle with cancer. Like she was really not into that language. She kind of, she conceived of it very differently and about kind of being present with something and working with something, not, not kind of defeating something. And so I think I've been humbled more than anything by other people's stories and, um, and I think probably part of the work is about a searching, you know, being absent from my father's death, um, kind of feeling like other people have had experiences that I haven't and I wanting to converse with them to understand something. So I think it's more about a searching than any, uh, any profound insights or understandings. It's still, it's still I, I, I think it is the mystery. It will always be... <laughs> I don't think there's any way around it. Well, that is probably the that is probably time. Um, it's been a very different kind of evening. It's been a very uh, extraordinary question and answer session, unlike any other one I've ever done. So thank you for everybody for your brave questions, and I'd really like now to thank. Paddy, Peter and Tamara for their time tonight and for their extraordinary performance this evening. So thank you for coming.